Hello friends, Michael A. Noble. Information about how to view and listen to my content and support the ministry will be given at the end of this message. So make sure you check it out. Welcome to my preaching series, The Kingdom of God. Today is message number 12. The title of today's sermon is War Against the Kingdom, Part 2. Today's scripture is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. If you watched or listened to my last message, you figured it out. It's time to get your soldier on. That message was for people who are tired of the devil, slapping them around, and they're ready to fight back. If that describes you, you need to get ready for what happens after you stand up for yourself, spiritually speaking. When you put your foot down and tell the devil you done had enough. Well, you need to get ready for his counterpunch. You get it? Listen, Satan not just going to let you go without a fight. That's just the way it works in spiritual warfare. When you decide to stop sinning, you tell him the devil, I quit you. When you decide to give up that addiction and those habits, you tell him the devil, hear your ring back. When you decide to repent of your sins and change your ways, you coming out of his kingdom, the darkness, into God's kingdom, the light. And he'll do everything he can to get back at you. That's just the way this works. So the devil will throw you a counterpunch when you fight back against him. Are you hearing me? There are way too many Christians who decide that they want to lead the devil. They, they trying to fight him. They got a plan, but they're not looking for the devil to counterpunch. You see, friends, you got to have more than a plan in this spiritual warfare, particularly when you're fighting against spiritual wickedness and evil and spiritual powers. If you can't knock the devil out with a punch, then you better learn how to settle in for the long haul. You got to brace yourself and be able to take some counter punching. Amen. The professional boxer Mike Tyson said, everybody got a plan until they get hit. And you know what? That's true. Listen, so many Christians start out just gung-ho. Boy, they're going to take over the world. Then they get hit, you'll see them no more. You see, Satan and all his people, his demons, and his unbelieving children that persecute the righteous, they're intimidating knockout artists. Their big game is to do this. They can dish out a lot of punishment, but most of them can't take it. You see, they're plain and simple. They want to hit you first. They want to hit you often and they want to hit you harder than the other guy. In other words, they want to hit you before you can hit them. They want to hit you so frequently that you'll always be on the defensive and never fight back. And then they want to hit you so hard that and you'll see stars and then you'll be scared to, to fight them back. Listen, don't let them bullies fool you. It's something I learned about them types of bullies. Bullies usually got a big mouth, but when you hit them back, they usually run for cover. They're cowards. Listen, you are stronger than them. You're faster than them. And you are quicker than them. You can hit them back. You can hit them more often. And you can hit them harder than they can ever hit you. Can I tell you why? Because in the war against the kingdom, a believer has power that's greater than theirs. You see, that's the way it is in spiritual warfare. And that's what allows you to outlast your enemies and opponents. You see, Satan's evil plan will go out against you. But you're a soldier. You're a soldier of the Lord. You need to learn 
how to hit him back and how to take a good punch. Because in the end, you cannot be engaged in warfare without experiencing some punches and some pain. That's the truth, ain't it? Question is, most of you can dish it out, but can you take it? Well, that's a big question. And that's what we want to answer today in the War Against the Kingdom, Part 2. Our scripture is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. This is what it says. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen. That short scripture, I could read it over and over again. It just breathes victory and confidence. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The Apostle Paul here is giving believers today some good, sound, spiritual advice. We're in a warfare. And Paul gives us the benefit of his combat experience. You see, ain't nothing new under the sun. What's going on now, Satan has tried to pull it off in generations past. And believers have overcome in the past. We're going to overcome the same way they did. So let's follow Paul's strategy. He got a good game plan. But now don't fool yourself. Even though we're looking at the game plan, remember, everything can change once you get hit, particularly if you're not looking for it. So Paul begins by talking about the believer's power. He's sharing with his fellow soldiers in the army of the Lord where our true strength and power lie. Now, I believe he did this because he learned from his own experience that the warfare is intense and the opposition is real for all true believers. So Paul's talking like a captain in a battle on the battlefield to his troops. He's talking like a trainer to his boxer in the corner in the middle of a fight before he goes back into the ring. Paul calls them my brethren. He wants to let everybody know that we are all in this together. Paul's a soldier and he's talking to soldiers. Some of us have more experience than others, but we all in the army of the Lord. We're in this together. Now that's important. Amen. Let me tell you why. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we share the same bloodline that binds us together in a unique and special way. This word he uses for brethren means family members that have either the same mother and father or the same father or the same mother. When you and I accept Jesus Christ into our hearts and he becomes the Lord over our life, every other Christian becomes your true bloodline brother and sister. You see, the bonds of families are stronger. As they say, ain't nothing thicker than blood. So the family unit, our Christian family, our Christian troops, Paul says, we're brethren. We get strength and encouragement, and we share it with each other in the body of Christ, and that's invaluable. We're in this together. The advice and inspiration from our combat veterans and spiritual leaders in the church helps all of us. You see, it's much harder for Satan to push you around, slap you in the face when you're surrounded by mature, seasoned veterans of spiritual warfare who got your back, who are sharing their testimonies, who are sharing their witnesses with you so Satan don't catch you by surprise. 
You know, I discovered that Satan does his best work when he can make all of us feel we all alone. Friends, don't miss this. You ain't alone. We brothers and sisters in Christ. Blood bought from the same bloodline through the blood of Jesus Christ shed on the cross for our sins. Amen. Now, that means you need to stick with the church. Stick with your Christian family. You need to stay in your Christian fellowship. If you become a sheep outside of the fold, you easy pickings for the devil. That's important, friends. When the saints get together in the kingdom, something special happens. God is present and his joy from heaven fills every heart that's in the fight. See, for the saints in the kingdom, our Christian fellowship is a big part of the believer's power. Amen, amen, amen. Our fellowship with each other. Paul tells his blood brothers and sisters in Christ to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Paul knows from experience that a good game plan is not enough in spiritual warfare. The best laid plans can quickly go out the window when trouble strikes. Everybody has a plan until they get hit. Money problems, family problems, physical problems, spiritual problems, all kind of problems, they can get you off track. That's why Satan hit Job with the kitchen sink to try to turn him against God. Most of us will get off track, abandon the plan when we get hit. Now I know I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm admitted. It still sometimes shocks me to see some people falling for the same old tricks over and over again. It makes you wonder, will we ever learn? Well, I'll tell you a solution for that. I'll pray for you, you pray for me. We all need to learn how to take a licking and keep on ticking and keep fighting back, amen. That's what the believer's power is all about. So what is another aspect of the believer's power? I'm so glad you asked, thank you. The believer's power according to Paul in this verse is all based in our personal relationship with the Savior, our personal relationship with God. Hear this now. Notice, friends, what Paul said in this verse. Paul said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Notice what he didn't say. Paul didn't say, be strong for the Lord by the power of his might. He didn't say nothing like that. Let me tell you why that's important. Being strong in the Lord and in the power of his might emphasizes our dependency on God for everything. You see, in speaks of our relationship. It's like abiding in him, resting in him, having our very being be defined by our relationship with him. That's why we identify ourselves as Christians. We're Christ-like. That defines who I am. That's being in the Lord. Amen? But now, most of us, we think God wants us to be strong for him. It's like driving your car. A lot of us, you'll see them cars say, Jesus is my co-pilot or God is my co-pilot on a bumper sticker. What they really mean is they driving their own cars, but Jesus is going to give them direction. They want Jesus to show them how to get where they want to go or what they want to get or what they want to accomplish or what they want to have. That ain't really what this is about. Jesus doesn't want to give you directions while you let him sit in your car, in your passenger seat. Jesus wants you to turn the keys over 
and you give it to him and say, Lord, this your car. I'm going to sit down and just enjoy the ride. You see, why does the Lord have to give you directions? Why does he have to give you strength if he's controlling the car and he's just going to take you and wake you and you enjoy the relationship while you're talking on the way to wherever he's going to take you? He don't, you don't need direction. You'll need power if he's in charge. So listen to this. Paul is saying be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, meaning that you and I have to rely upon Jesus for everything. We got to rely upon God for everything. He's not asking you to be strong for him. It's his strength that takes care of you in the fight. You see, don't let the devil fool you. Paul learned that do, trying to do it on your own don't work. And I've learned from experience that it don't work when I try to do it on my own. Do it my way, by myself. That's why the Lord don't give nobody his power. No, he doesn't. We'll rebel against him. We'll think it's us. We'll rival him as God. That's what we do. God ain't giving his power to you. You see, now this might surprise you. But God fights the battle for you when you trust in him. You see, when Jesus is the center of your life, you give him control as your Lord. He's your shepherd. He's your provider. He's your protector. He's your friend. He's your God. He's your brother. He's your everything. He is the believer's power. Our union with Christ is the believer's power. He doesn't ask us to bring our own bullets and brains to the war against the kingdom. I looked this up. How many times in the Bible does the Bible say the battle is the Lord's, not yours? I was shocked over a hundred times. The Bible keeps saying it over and over again in all contexts throughout biblical history. Even today, the battle is the Lord's, not yours. You got to ask, why is that? Because just like no branch can bear fruit without being properly connected to the vine, you and I can do nothing without being properly connected to the Lord Jesus Christ. John chapter 15, verses four through five. Friends, living the Christian life is one of the hardest things you could ever do. As a matter of fact, it's impossible to do. There's only one way to pull it off. You need Jesus. And you know why? Because we're engaged in spiritual warfare. And our enemies in the war against the kingdom are too much for us to handle without the Lord's help. Amen. Our sinful flesh actually betrays us in the fight. Let me explain. When you and I try to fight the enemy in our own flesh, all you're really doing is acting like a circuit breaker. You shutting off your own power by trying to do it yourself. Fight the devil on your own. You cutting off your connection. You closing the circuit. The Holy Spirit can't help you. You sabotaging your own spiritual success when you try to do it on your own. And the devil know it. You see, the Holy Spirit lives in the hearts of believers, but he can't help you if you don't let him. John 14, verses 16 through 17 and 26. God don't need your help. He needs your trust. He can do what you can't do. And the devil knows it. The problem is, too many Christians don't. I want you to think about that. Ask for the Lord's help while you can and watch him work. The battle is the Lord's, not yours. Amen. So we're Christian soldiers and we need to be strong in the Lord by relying on him, trusting in him, abiding in him, not ourselves. As followers of Jesus, 
we cannot endure or overcome in our ongoing spiritual battle with the powers of darkness without God. So Paul goes on to say that God's children should stand firm in the power of his might. That's how we will stand firm in the power of his might. You see, the power and the might of God here refers to his inherent and innate ability to resist and withstand all opposition. God is affected by nobody and no thing except his own will. That's just who he is in the essence of his being. In other words, God's power and might are inherent to him. Nobody gave it to him. He's God. And so nothing can resist him. Nothing can thwart his plans. He is bulletproof, so to speak, against the enemy's weapons. So when it comes to the warfare against the kingdom, hear me now. God is all powerful. He's all knowing. He's in charge. He has all the power and might. He's the one to make us strong. So God has all the bullets and the brains in the warfare. The Lord cannot lose the battle in the war against his kingdom. Amen. Our part in the war against the kingdom is to stand our ground, trusting in his inherent power, his might. He keeps us, strengthens us, protects us, heals us, delivers us, helps us in the fight. When we stand, his word and his promises can act on our behalf to accomplish God's own purposes. He works by just speaking his word. And there's nothing that God cannot do. Paul tells Christians to stand three times in Ephesians 6, verses 11, 13, and 14. Three times, stand, stand, stand. So you know that's important. It's so important. It's the basis of the believer's real power. It's all about our ability to stand strong in the fight by trusting in the Lord. Friends, it's simple. Don't try to fight your own battles. Just stand. Don't run away in the battle because you're scared. Just stand. Don't go to the right. Don't go to the left. Don't get ahead. Don't fall behind. Just stand. When you stand, you saying, Lord, I trust you. When you stand, you saying, Lord, I'm trusting and relying in your strength and mighty power. When you stand, you saying, Lord, I'm relying on you. You are faithful and your promises are true. You see, when you say, Lord, I'm going to stand, I'm going to trust in you. God can work. He'll never be late. He'll always be on time. And things are always going to work out just like he said. Because God's bulletproof. Stand, stand, stand. He bulletproof, but you ain't. And that's what it means to be strong, brothers and sisters, in the Lord. Trusting in his power and might to win the war against the kingdom. The Lord that rules heaven and earth can and will help us to stand firm in the battle. And there's nothing Anybody can do about it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The believer's power is all about our ability to stand during spiritual warfare as we trust in the Lord to fight the battle because the battle is his, not ours. And that's what we learn in today's message, the war against the kingdom, part two. Lord, bless this word. Seal it in our spirit. Don't let Satan snatch it. Don't let Satan choke it. Don't let Satan block it. Hallelujah. 
Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to give you the glory, honor, and praise. Help us to stand, Lord, as we trust in you, as we abide in you. The key is our relationship with you is the true source of a believer's power. I give you glory, honor, and praise. Save those who don't know you. Strengthen those who do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 God bless you, friends. You can review these video messages and support the ministry at shallownorth.com and michaelanobleministries.com. Check out my YouTube channel and don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. You can hear each new message on your tablet and smartphone as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can see the links on my website, michaelanobleministries.com. I upload new content on my channel, Man Up Truth, on brighttion.com. There's a link on michaelanobleministries.com for that as well. Join me in my next message. I'll be preaching about War Against the Kingdom, Part 3. Trust me, you don't want to miss this, particularly if you tired of getting slapped around and you ready to get your fight on. We're going to learn about our true enemy. God bless you.